You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here is the issue I have, guys, about all of this that happened this week. Here we have been sitting for the last 20 minutes, 33 now on on the pod, whatever, but Last 15 to 20 minutes. We did, I'm on the morning show in the morning. You guys are on your podcast. You're doing all of it. Really, what we've really talked about is what happened since Tuesday to Wednesday in the communication, what Sean McDermott said. That has kind of buried the lead. And although the Bills might have screwed it up and the communication was wrong and it made them look bad and all of that, we still don't know what the hell Stephon Diggs is mad I about. I know. Right? Like, Matt, you brought up Chad Hall. He very well could be mad about Chad Hall. Well, let me tell you something. If all this stems from the wide receivers coach leaving, that's ridiculous to me from Stefan Diggs. This is the NFL, man. Coaches leave, and it's a business. You left a team. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I don't know what the problem is. All I know is Josh Allen said it's non-football related. That's as close as we got. I thought Josh was very good, by the way, even though he's in a tough position up at the podium. I thought he's very good. But, John... I still don't know what Stefan Diggs was upset about. And we all know that there have been cryptic tweets and innuendos and a lot of things going back for months that he could have been upset about a lot of different things. So I'm not ready to sit here and tell you the organization made any sort of mistakes until I know what Stefan Diggs, what mistakes they think he thinks they made. Correct. And maybe the organization had the mistake in this two, three day window. This ultimately is on Stefan Diggs. And this is my thing, whether he's ticked off about the specific Bengals game, whether he's ticked off about his up and down, inconsistent involvement in the offense during, by the way, an extended winning streak after that Minnesota game in the regular season, where we've heard Stefan say in the past, well, I don't care how many catches or targets I get as long as we're winning, whether it has to do with Chad Hall, whether it has anything to do with Ken Dorsey, or Josh Allen, or anything, one, get over it. Five months have transpired, and you had the opportunity if something was really bothering you, and you felt face-to-face was the only way it was going to get remedied, show up. They came to work out together in the middle of April. They've had OTA since the middle of May. Show up. If it was important to you as an individual, Stefan Diggs, to remedy these issues in face-to-face communication was the best way to do that, then show up. I didn't think that it was possible for something to be so catastrophic and large to be sitting on someone's shoulders that long Mm -hmm. that it would carry over and again – seemingly boil over even more this week. I just don't know what possibly could have done it. 
And and just if you're focusing on the way the season ended, which we all saw Stefan storm out of the locker room and Duke Johnson bring him back in and all of that, what makes you above anyone else on that team to think that your competitive nature supersedes the feelings of anyone else that dealt through the exact same situations at the end of that season, the end of that game, that allows you to act that way? What makes you above Jordan Poyer, who played hurt the entire season, left that game with a concussion, probably thought it was the last time he'd ever play for this organization, didn't get the deal he thought in free agency, comes back to this team, and Poyer still shows up for everything. What makes you above Josh Allen, the franchise quarterback who everything falls on him, who played like crap against the Bengals, and then takes that? What puts it upon Ken Dorsey or Sean McDermott or any other player on that team? I think it's such a cop-out, and we've seen it prior to this situation, that Stefan Diggs gets a pass because he's super competitive. As if no one else on this team is super competitive. But that's an excuse as to why he's berating the franchise quarterback on the sideline in a game where nobody played well? Get out of here. Like, that's inexcusable. It's not a sufficient excuse to me to act that way. I'm an incredibly competitive person. I'm not saying I am ever on the platform of Stefan Diggs or whatever. But that doesn't excuse the actions Just because you want to win, everybody wants to win. And there are people that, even though they may not display it exactly the same way as Stephon Diggs, they have the same fire that Stephon Diggs does to win. And maybe their timeline is not as long as Stephon Diggs in terms of understanding where their window is to win a championship as an NFL player. I just think it's a cop-out, and that's where I just keep coming back to. And as you guys have said before, it's why not hearing from Stefan Diggs, not during OTAs or minicamp, but since like November of last year, makes this a big problem because now we just all sit here and say, well, I don't know. We speculate. And that's what will continue to fuel this fire until we hear from Stefan. I want to move it forward and talk about what's next, but Matt, I'll give you a chance to wrap up any lingering thoughts after what John just said about how we got here. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I think one of the things that isn't talked enough about in terms of Diggs' frustration was the fact that they were riding that eight-game winning streak or whatever it ended up being. Like, you were winning, right? Josh Allen says winning cures everything, right? But they were winning up until that point. The only team they weren't winning against was the Bengals. And obviously there were, you know, extenuating circumstances. And, you know, I get all of that. But to me, Diggs, I think Diggs needs to take a look. He needs somebody in his life to tell him the way that things are. Because he's doing a lot of things. And he's good at a lot of things. I mean, dude's going to probably end up being this superstar, like, fashion model or, or whatever he's doing after he retires. Like, he's got a whole second career lined up. It's great. But somebody needs to tell him, like, dude, look around. Look at your boy DeAndre Hopkins, who's running around town right now trying to, like, pick in shop in a bargain basement to find his next opportunity. And he's still at least like hanging on to the prime, right? He's going to probably end up having to play with Mac Jones or Ryan Tannehill. It's not good. 
if you were to, to get another opportunity, you're not going to land on a team that's as good as this one with a quarterback as good as you have. It's not always greeners. Is it perfect? No. But guess what? 31 teams lose every year. Winning the Super Bowl is next to impossible. And that's why, listen, I've been critical of Sean McDermott this week. I think he deserves some of it. I think people are overly critical of McDermott for the tenure, knowing what was here for 17 years before he got here and knowing how successful they've been in these six years since he's been here. But we're starting to change now. Like, it's going to get, you know, the, the expectations elevate. Things get harder. The national conversation, you're part of it every day. And so it's going to get worse. And I think Diggs, being the leader that he is, and I'll finish with this. What did he say last year in the beginning of the year? Playing quarterback is hard, right? I, I can't imagine how Josh does what he does. I got to be there for my quarterback. How is this you being there for your quarterback? And I'm not trying to defend Josh in some way. $258 million quarterback doesn't need me defending him. But I think if you're going to wear the C, if you're going to be the leader Sean McDermott talked about you being this week, be it. And don't just pay it lip service. Live it and do it. And you know what? Here's another thing, too. I love Sal Mayorana. He's he's cut his teeth in this business. He's taken a lot of heat this week. We're not asking for Stefan Diggs to talk to the media. We're asking for all the pissed off fans about this whole situation that want answers from the guy that's making $25 million to talk to us to give answers to them, not to us. That's how it works. Sorry. Little side note. No, and, in there. and the reason why you're you're bringing uh, – just so people are aware, the reason you're bringing up Sal is he's making this point. He's made this point on Twitter. People have attacked him for it by saying he doesn't have to talk to you. That's right, Matt. What you said is right. I've been making this point for a while. Stefan Diggs, that it would be it would be best for the Bills organization for Stefan Diggs to speak, not for Sal Capaccio, Matt Perino, John Scott, Sal Marana. Like, yeah, we're, we're gonna have the content either way. Of course, the media wants to hear from him, but it's best for the Bills organization. I think if he came out, he could do a world of good. That said, he hasn't spoken yet. Sean McDermott said it's resolved. John Scott, you agree? Is it resolved? Is this done? I mean, they could say whatever they want until I hear from Stefan Diggs. It's still a story. Like that's the reality. And because as we've now gone, as you said, 40 minutes and, you know, 30 of it or whatever on this topic, it's all conjecture. Like what, as you said, Sal, what are we talking about? We still do not know. And the reason that it matters is because you have to then be on the lookout for, Whatever the issue was, if it creeps up again, because unfortunately for Stefan Diggs, he has a reputation because in Minnesota, he was a disgruntled wide receiver, even though he was a pretty good wide receiver and wanted to be more of a focal point. And he got a reputation. I will say from my personal experience, I think Stefan Diggs is awesome. He's an awesome football player and every interaction I've ever had with him is completely counter to whatever reputation he had coming to Buffalo from Minnesota. He's been a great teammate. It's not just lip service from what you hear from players. I've witnessed it in the locker room. I witnessed it in the locker room, as I'm sure you guys did, in that final stretch where he's getting three catches for 30 yards, where he's getting five catches for 50 yards. Stefan Diggs was completely content during the week 
with his teammates. And there wasn't, I would have never indicated there was any sort of an issue, even though he never stepped in front of a microphone. Now that's not something I'm going to sit there and write about or talk about on television. It's just an observation to give context. Now, six, seven months later to tell you, Stefan Diggs was not a problem in this locker room, which is also what almost adds to the intrigue of what in God's creation could have him so ticked off that would lead us to this point right now. Jeremy White, host of the Jeremy White Show on WGR in the morning, our morning show host, I thought made such a great point when he said earlier this week, what something like this does, it confirms people's biases and emboldens their biases, which is if you already have it out for Sean McDermott and don't like him, you're going to blame all this on him. If you don't have, if you don't like Ken Doris, you have it out for him, you're going to blame all this on him. If you don't like Stefan Diggs and think he's a diva, you're going to blame all this on him. Well, none of that is fair to any of the parties until Stefan Diggs tells us what's wrong, right? And I think that's the part of the shame of it, Matt, which is until he tells us, back to your point, People are going to blame people who don't deserve to be blamed for anything they necessarily did wrong or stuff on Diggs might have not have any problem with. So on that note, also, I'll ask you, do you think it's resolved? I think we could circle this around and finish here on the dig stuff in that does this. I don't know if it's resolved. And I do think this potentially can continue to be a problem, not necessarily like in the locker room, because I think they, what Josh said this week is true. They're going to support him. They're going to have his back. It seems like they're going to kind of, you know, every, you know, everybody's happy enough to where he returned to the practice field, but how are they going to face? The question I have is how are they going to face it when the times get tough and maybe they have a bad offensive game and things don't go his way and they didn't make the changes that he wanted, that he demanded if that ends up being what happened, because like you guys both said, we don't know what that's actually what happened in that conversation. I just think that this has to Diggs's point last season that I mentioned. Football is hard. Playing quarterback is hard. Receiver hard. You don't want to complicate it even more. And so I think that their mission over the next five weeks should be to get everybody to this to a healthy mind space to enter this season as a new season. Like Sean mentioned, every year is about doing it again, reshaping the team, reshaping the mindset and uh, who you are as a team. They got to come together and figure that out because, man, they are in a Super Bowl contender window. They still are. I, I'm, I'm, I've started to say this. I don't know if you guys agree with me. I think they're more of a Super Bowl contender right now, even with all of this stuff that's happened, than they were last year. Because they now back in this weird role that Sean McDermott loves, where they're everybody's counting them out, and I think that that positions them better. I think they're deeper. I think they're they're more talented. I like the changes they made in all, on offense. I'm losing my voice, it's late, but you get my point. <laughs> it is, it is, and I appreciate your time, guys. So let's wrap on this. Um, we'll have plenty more to say on digs on everything that's going on as we go through the off season. I'll let you guys plug where that's going to be. But before we do that and end, give me one observation from each of you outside of Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, or any of this saga, just something that stood out to you at mini camp that maybe you'll now pay more attention to at training camp. John, I'll go with you first. I'll go from a non, I chart every single play like one Matt Perino does. So I'll give him more uh, of that lane. I'm going to simply say, I did not think there was any possibility we would see Von Miller for like half mm. of the regular season. And wow. as things have gone, even from the 
eternal optimist, most positive person. Everything is roses at all times, even though if I'm on death's doorstep, Von Miller's perspective, it appears with the backing of even what we've heard from Brandon Bean, that he's more in the, you're going to see him in September. And there's not that big of a leap to think it could be in that opener against the New York Jets. And to me, that is so massive, especially when you pair it with the addition of Leonard Floyd. And now that pushes some of the other guys that maybe we would have had conversations about throughout August and early September, the Boogie Bashams, the AJ Epinesas, the Shaq Lawsons, and say, well, they the questions are more, are they even going to make the team? And now your depth on the edge as a pass rushing pass rusher is so much deeper. The first half of the season, I thought the Bills' pass rush was very good. We saw it in the L.A. game. You saw it in some of those other games. Vaughn coming out the gate, the Kansas City game. He was a menace. He was so yep. instrumental in that victory that Vaughn Miller being there for the majority of the season, then you add in Leonard Floyd and another year with everyone else, I think that above anything else in the Bills' defense has and continues to be, and I think the addition of Leonard Floyd uh, cements that, the most critical aspect to their success and so Von Miller seemingly more on track to week one or around that was one of the biggest, most important things I gathered throughout this offseason program as we take the break. What stood out to you, Matt? I really don't think the Bills should have brought back Dane Jackson. Hmm. And let me explain why. I think with how good Christian Benford has been over the course of this offseason, the spring program, how game he was last year, you had yourself a piece of the conversation or a piece of the competition to you know push Kyir Elam. They go out and they sign Cam Dantzler, who started a lot of games in this league. You could find players, Cam Lewis even. Listen, if he was going to be your third, fourth cornerback, I wouldn't have a huge problem with that. The guy's played NFL snaps. Dane Jackson is somebody that they're always going to be willing to default to like Levi Wallace before him. And the problem that we're, we're starting to see materialize, and I think it's a problem. Maybe the Bills don't view it as a, as a problem. Kyrie Elam has a ways to go to earn this job. Like, if if you somebody asked me today, like, is he like the odds-on favorite to be the cornerback too? No, he's not for me. He's not even close to that. Like, actually, actually I would place him third right now in the race. For that job. And that's a problem. And something Brandon Bean said the other day really stuck with me. It was just weird. And I don't know if you guys picked this up from when he was asked about this. It was two interviews ago. And he said, I have the quote up. He's like, listen, Kyer worked really hard in the offseason, came back early as well to have himself ready. I wish I could say like, hey, Kyer is not putting all his effort in or he's not studying. He is all in as much as anybody. That's a weird thing to say about a first round draft pick, isn't it? Like you wish you could say he's not trying. Like, is that because like you can't envision right now him being the guy there? Like, and are you going to not be willing to give him the opportunity to be the guy? That's again, that, that comes into a whole nother conversation. And Sal, you could chime in on this. Like how much should we take from these training camp and mini camp reps? I thought Kyrie in games had good moments. He did. I'm very, very – I think this could – we're on our path a little bit. It feels like Cody Ford to me all over again. 
Ooh, um, you know, in you know, Cody Ford was eventually traded, obviously not in the second year, but they are going to have a numbers problem at cornerback. I like both your observations there. Those are really interesting because I think this is a long play at cornerback too. Again, right? Like we've done this every year. We don't know who the starting quarterback. Last year we didn't know until the night of the night of the first game. We didn't know who was going to trot out there to start at cornerback, and then obviously it was Christian Benford. So we'll see where it goes, guys. I've kept you long enough. I really appreciate it. It's late on a. Wednesday, and I'm sorry, late on a Thursday championship night here in downtown Buffalo. So I'll let you plug where you can find everything. I know you got some events going on, especially I know you do, Matt. So tell everybody what's going on. Uh, yeah, you can find everything. Uh, Shout uh, Buffalo Football Podcast, June 23rd, live at Wingnuts. Uh, Sal has come out for a show. John has come out for a show. Heather's been out. Uh, it's a great time. We got to get Bove out uh, for a show. Yeah. We'll try to get that on his calendar. We're, we'll see. Uh, we got one every month. Uh, come out, uh, have some beers, wings. Talk some bills with us. We'll do some dueling pods or something while we're out there. Yeah. That, yeah. That'll be cool. What, where, where can everybody find you in the podcast that you just did today, John? Uh, the Buffalo End Zone podcast. You can find it uh, on Spectrum News website, spectrumlocalnews.com. And, uh, you know, I'll tweet it out at John Scott TV. And the irony of this, Sal, is this is the last plug I'm going to do because I am now like the Bills off for the next five weeks so wow. do right, not at the very end so as much as i want you all to follow me it will be completely wasted because you will not get anything for me uh, until the you? bills don pittsford and we all will be hanging out at the pittsford pub can i still text you can we still hang out well, yeah i mean i need someone to play golf with right <laughs> i know right i mean it's like guys i'm off for five weeks my phone is off do not text me do you guys do you guys try to do you guys try to unplug when you're on vacation? It's hard for me. I do yeah, have to check yeah. in once in a while what's going on because I I feel like if I'm not I'm completely lost. So we've gone to Jamaica for our honeymoon 2 years ago and last year for our first anniversary and put it on airplane mode. The resort has Wi-Fi, but I really like I, it was it was like as close to a disconnect as we can get. It was super nice. I, I think I told Perino, I legit think I might delete Twitter off of my personal phone for this next month just to kind of see how it goes. I know our, our Matt Fairburn, who used to be on the beat, now he's with the Sabres. He said he did something like that years ago. And I, I don't know. What am I going to miss? Like, what could possibly happen? I say that, knock on wood, but what – what could possibly happen over the next month to where like I'll have my work phone and I'll like kind of keep tabs on it, but I don't know. I, I think it'd be a good exercise because I'm probably on it. And when I'm bored, I just like, you know, mindlessly just scroll through. Like, I, I guess I think I might give it a go starting next week. Matt, what do you do? You do that? I can't do that. Yeah, no, I can't do that. he was I'm looking late. at his watch while walking in from the outfield today. <laughs> I I get I get tweet notifications. Yes, I'm like, dude, like if something were to happen, oh like God. I, I got to be ready to pivot at any moment. Like that's just kind of part of our life, and like yeah, it's just it's part of the routine. And I do get in in places where like I'll go longer periods without checking it. But I always got to be, and it's a little bit different. Like, you know, for the Buffalo News, um, they do a great job over there. Catherine, Jay, Mark gone, Ryan. Um, they got four of them, right? So, like, if something happens, they have a sports editor. Josh Barnett does a great job over there as well. They can, He can kind of, like, 
send a, the bat signal up and, and somebody can, it's me really. And Ryan, right. And, yeah. and sometimes Ryan's, you know, teaching or whatever. So I, it's just become habitual that I'm just always plugged into it. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm the same way for sure. It's hard for me. I, I wish I could unplug a little bit more, but I just can't do it. All right. We have to unplug for this episode. Guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. John, enjoy your vacation. Either way, we're all going to see each other at St. John Fisher. I'm sure we're all going to see each other before then. And hopefully we'll see Matt Bove next time. And it's always game day in Buffalo. But until we see him, we'll hold the fort down here in some capacity, waiting for him to return as he's enjoying life as a father. Thanks for downloading iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, and of course, on the YouTube page at Salesports.